You're listening to episode 130 of Alexa in Canada, the voice experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Alexa in Canada. So excited to have you with us today. Today is an all-Canadian episode and I love these episodes. I am speaking with Clint McLean, who is the founder of Budgie, a startup that is all about voice technology. And he has created one of uh, one of the best games that I think is out there currently uh, when it comes to Alexa. So uh, you're going to enjoy this. Before we get to that, I want to tell you that, uh, as you may know, I'm running this event called The Voice Den, and it's happening in, well, in one week and one day on June 24th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern. And it is all about bringing the community together and to speak with the voice influencers. We've got a number of voice influencers that are coming on the show and you get to be in the hot seat and you chat with them. It's kind of like Shark Tank, uh, but but better, trust me. So anyway, I, mean, I have a special, special, very special announcement about that, but I'm gonna save that to the end. Uh, for now, I want to uh, really focus on Clint and this incredible app, uh, this incredible skill. Detective X, and we're going to learn all about it. So, uh, without any further ado, let's uh, let's welcome Clint McLean onto the podcast. Hey, Clint, welcome to the Alexa and Canada podcast. Great to have you here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Terry. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and I'm thrilled for the opportunity to be here. Well, I'm excited to speak with you because I have recently tried one of your skills, Detective X, and we're going to get into all of that because it's a really, really fantastic skill, in my opinion. But before we get there. Um, I'm always interested in hearing people's backgrounds. How did they get into voice? So maybe even before that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, what's your story, and uh, and go from there. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Clint McLean. Uh, I'm based in the Toronto, Ontario area. Um, and uh, yeah, in one form or another, I've been working in uh, video and audio and the arts uh, basically since I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Ontario, and it was somewhat isolated. So I spent a lot of time with TV and radio and then eventually computers and uh, that led to volunteering at nearby TV and radio stations as a teenager. Uh, This was around the same time as audio and video editing software was starting to become popular uh, and I found myself um, kind of learning it at a faster pace than the folks at the TV and radio stations. So, you know, I quickly found myself as a 16 year old producing radio commercials and editing TV shows and uh, it it seemed that uh, I was finding a niche for myself and kind of somewhere in between technology and creativity, uh, which, which was really exciting for me. Um, after, after high school, I moved to Toronto and uh, started to go to film school. Uh, and then from there, I, I quickly transitioned into a career uh, in, in TV and radio broadcast. Um, kind of the, one of the bigger moments in that was uh, I went to work for one of the biggest ad agencies in Canada. Um, I became a producer and uh, worked in management there. Uh, working with you know some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies in the world on their TV and radio commercials, and um, yeah, yeah, and and then you know, 
outside of the nine to five, uh, I've always had some, some additional creative outlets as well. Um, and I mean, over the years, that's, that's been everything from documentary films to playing in bands to art installations at museums. Amazing. I love it. There's, you, you may have heard me talk about this if you listen to some of the podcasts. It's amazing how many people in voice are creative people and they come from a creative background. And so, I mean, certainly from what you've described, you're there too. What, I'm curious what instrument you play. Oh, well, uh, maybe I, I shouldn't refer to it as playing in bands. I, I was typically the uh, uh, singer, so to speak, in, in some punk and metal bands. So even, <laughs> okay. even the term singer is debatable. But <laughs> Okay. Uh, good for you. That's great. Oh, I love it. You know, a lot of the things that you're describing are, are you know, hobbies of mine. I, I can't say I've done it professionally like you have, but I love messing around with all the sort of video production and audio production, all this kind of stuff. It's just lends itself so well to voice, which kind of, I think, brings us to, to where we are. So, so tell me a little about and tell our listeners a little bit about how did you decide to embark on this, you know, this, this journey, journey. into yeah. voice technology? For sure. Um, so, I mean, uh, I guess a couple of years ago when Alexa first came available in Canada, it was around the same time that a few of my creative outlets, I was starting to feel somewhat burnt out on them. And uh, so when Alexa became available, it, it piqued my curiosity instantly. And uh, I snatched one up within days of it becoming available in Canada and uh, started messing around. And, you know, almost immediately I, I realized the potential that it had. Um, just like the editing software in the 90s that I was referring to a minute ago, uh, I saw this convergence of, of creativity and technology that uh, was still in its infancy and, and still really exciting. Um, there was only one problem with that, Terry. Uh, I don't know how to code. Uh, so, <laughs> Thanks so two that, of us. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously a bit of a hurdle there. Um, but uh, luckily I realized that it was still early days and, and things were continuing to evolve. Uh, so I kept a notepad of ideas and, you know, just started consuming every podcast and newsletter and, and article that I could get my hands on and just kind of, you know, biding my time. Uh, and then in the spring of 2019, uh, an excellent podcast called Alexa in Canada uh, featured <laughs> Braden from VoiceFlow. Uh, yes. Braden, Braden explained that VoiceFlow is a no-code alternative for building Alexa skills. So, you know, it was on from there. No more excuses, right? Uh, I was super excited, immediately signed up, and uh, lo and behold, realized that VoiceFlow had a, a drag and drop functionality that, you know, reminded me of the audio and video editing software that I've been using for, for decades at this point. So, um, yeah, I was really off to the races from there and, um, you know, started working on some kind of, you know, just basic uh, uh, skills and games to kind of get my feet wet and get my head around things. So. Um, initially, I made a, um, a, a Dare Me game to learn about APIs. I made kind of a sing-song game to learn about capturing utterances. I made a, uh, a HAL 9000 Easter egg to learn about integrating audio files. Um, you know, and then I was starting to feel confident uh, and comfortable and decided to take on a more ambitious project from there. Amazing, amazing. So you're, you're in Ontario. Have you, have, you have you talked to Braden at all? Because you're both in Ontario, actually. Um, yeah, we, we've uh, uh, DM'd a number of times on LinkedIn, okay. being, being local and Canadians and that, uh, I, I feel some certain loyalties and, and want to, you know, stay on board with them and, and grow with them. Yeah, they've got a great product. So no, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you discovered that and you're using that. I think it's great. So now you're on to this really cool skill. So you've learned all these things from doing these various smaller skills. Um, 
And now you've launched this big time skill. So <laughs> tell us, tell us about this skill and what's involved and everything that you've done with this. Cause this is very cool. And just, I want to emphasize this again, this is coming from a Canadian. So all these listeners out here, here we are like uh, true Canadian skill. And that's a good one. So tell us about it. For sure. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, with, you know, my background in audio production and storytelling and everything we spoke about here, uh, making the interactive fiction seem like a good fit for both my strengths and, and also something that I was genuinely excited about. Um, you know, in, in that manner, I could have voice actors and sound effects and, and soundtracks and, um, you know, really create this immersive experience uh, that was kind of unlike anything else out there. Um, so I started to kind of get my head around it. And, you know, I thought about how if uh, I was watching a movie with my eyes closed, what would that movie's audio need to accomplish in order for me to understand and enjoy the plot, but not feel like I'm being spoon fed and, and not feeling like my intelligence is being insulted. Um, so, so that was kind of the, the mindset that I went in with. Um, as far as the genre itself, uh, I, you know, I've played a, a million and one interactive fictions and choose your own adventure voice games at this point. And uh, the, the fantasy stuff seems to be kind of a common theme, uh, dragons and spaceships and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, I love that stuff, uh, but I wanted to do something a bit more contemporary. Uh, you know, detectives mm -hmm. trying to stop a killer is, is a pretty classic storytelling trope mm -hmm. uh, and one of my personal favorites. So Detective X was, was born out of that. Fantastic. And so, I mean, there's so much to unpack here really, but um, where to start? There's so many elements to this. So I guess the first thing is, as as you and I both well know, like if you're starting to bring in voice actors, now you've got to start getting into script writing. Everything has to be done in advance because it's a lot harder to, to change the skill once you've exactly. recorded things. So what was your approach with that? Did you did you decide to hire your own voice actors or how did you, what, what are the initial steps there that you took? Yeah, for sure, Terry. Um, so I started with a basic storyline, the same way that you would write a movie script uh, and, you know, kind of figured out the plot beats of, conflict and climax and resolution, uh, just as you would a script. Um, from there, I started using the poly voices within VoiceFlow uh, to start constructing the dialogue and kind of make up each scene and, and tweak the interactions uh, until I felt they were dialed into to a place. To your point, um, you know, that, that obviously saved a lot of time and money with the voice talent. Um, you, you can't just uh, re-record voice talent every, every whim you have for a script. So you kind of want to feel confident that you're, you're approaching the finish line before you're even uh, uh, you know, looking into that voice talent. Um, I also decided one of the characters to, pardon me, I also decided to voice one of the characters myself uh, somewhat out of necessity. I realized that one of the more scalable uh, approaches for making changes on the fly would be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as the other voice actors, uh, they were hired through Fiverr. Uh -huh. um, I've already had, um, uh, I had a voice in, in certain characteristics in mind already for, for most of the other characters. Um, so I would go on Fiverr and, and kind of search out voice actors that I felt matched that. Um, and then I would provide those actors with a script and some direction and they take it from there. Um, and then I felt if any, you know, re-records were necessary, we'd go from there. But uh, typically, I would ask them to record multiple takes of the same line so that I had options to choose from right off the bat. That's great. And I think it's very wise. I, I would I would totally do the same thing, I think, if I was in your shoes, was just using yourself as well as one of the voice actors, if it fits one of the characters. And then, hey, that's perfect. That's, a, I think, a really great way to keep some savings there. Um, can you describe a little bit more about the actual skill then? Because it's not so much like... 
I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to put it into a box. I want you to describe it. But is it more like a choose your own adventure type story? Is it uh, an interactive game? Like, how, can you tell us a little more about that? Maybe a little bit of the elements in that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I. You know, I've debated with that myself. What what the proper terminology is. Uh, and I've seen, you know, very similar games using completely different terms for for each other. So right. I think that's still up for debate and maybe still early days. But uh, I like the term interactive fiction. Uh, I think that describes what's going on very well. Um, it is obviously based in the in the choose your own adventure style of do you want to go down, you know, the left path or the right path. Um, but I think there's a lot more detail into it. There's a lot less uh, hand holding and a lot more immersion. Um, I've also made a point of having mini games uh, within the actual interactive fiction itself. So, you know, uh, th these aren't necessarily, you know, concepts that I've come up with myself. Uh, you know, a bomb diffusing game already exists on Amazon, a uh, escape room a game already exists on Amazon. But the idea of actually incorporating them into a larger plot uh, had never been done before. So I, I think that's definitely something pretty original. Very, very cool. So from the time you came up with this idea until the time you launched it on the store, like what, what, what sort of time frame were you looking at? Like how long does this take to develop this skill? For sure. Um, so I mean, the, the initial script, uh, I probably started that last fall and um, kind of started fine tuning from there. Um, you know, one of the biggest takeaways from this whole process has been realizing that the fine tuning process can almost take longer than the actual initial development <laughs> process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so there was uh, probably early this year, I started to feel confident that uh, I, I was approaching something respectable. Um, at that point, I released a beta version uh, in the spring and, and reached out to a number of other developers, game developers and whatnot, uh, and asked for their feedback. Um, you know, while no one enjoys uh, uh, learning about their own shortcomings, uh, it was certainly a critical step in finalizing the game and, and, and kind of realizing some fine tuning that needed to be done. Um, and, you know, it was just a huge eye opener as a developer to, you know, just realize you can get kind of in your own bubble and in your own head and, and you start to make assumptions about happy paths and, and interactions that uh, you expect people to take, but in reality, they, they may not take. Um, so that required uh, re-recording a bit of dialogue just to clarify some of the interactions and, um, and I also came to the realization that I needed to add a game saving functionality um, with, uh, with checkpoints, you know, as you progress through the game, um, since not everyone has the time or patience to play the game straight through. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And then when you launched it, so are you, did you launch it in all the different English speaking regions? Yes, that's correct. It, it's in all of the English speaking regions and uh, it's also available on Google Assistant. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Now, as I'm sure you know, and a lot of Canadians know there are different features that are available in Canada versus the States. And one of those for developers is like in-skill purchasing. Have you considered what or how you would do that? Now, for all I know, maybe maybe you do have that in the States already, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I have given a lot of thought to the in-skill purchases. Um, and I've even toyed around with the idea a little bit uh, uh, on some, you know, prototype versions. Uh, but I've come to the conclusion that, um, you know, Detective X could very easily be turned episodic uh, with kind of different cases, different mysteries to solve, different killers. Uh, you know, there's tons of examples of that in pop culture, whether it be Sherlock Holmes or, or Law and Order. Um, so, so I realized that could be an, a, a successful approach. 
Um, so thinking long-term, uh, the initial case will remain free, but I think uh, future cases would be behind a, uh, an ISP paywall. That's interesting. And so is that kind of the plan that you're thinking about right now is continuing to create new cases, almost new episodes? I think yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it's definitely um, um, something I've given a lot of thought to and I would like to continue to expand that world and um, uh, add on to that. Um, but at the same time, it's it's early days and I've got a million ideas swirling in my head for both Detective X and other games and other apps. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just kind of uh, uh, seeing where things go. I see Detective X as a bit of a launch pad for for myself and uh, uh, Budgie, my startup. And um, yeah, you know, I, and while I'm not actively pursuing clients or things of that nature, uh, I'm very open to to uh, ideas and aligning with with people with the same passions and uh, values. That's great. That's fantastic. Something else that I, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned that you did done something unique with the soundtrack for Detective X. What? Tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, so uh, the music was composed by a friend of mine and uh, a longtime collaborator, Luke Muldoon. Uh, we've worked on some film projects in the past, and we've also played in uh, some bands in the past. Um, he's a multi-instrumentalist and, and also an incredibly talented uh, audio engineer. Um, so he was my go-to guy for, for a lot of this stuff. Um, and, you know, as far as the actual soundtrack, we, we talked about the plot. We talked about the mood and the vibe and, and listened to some other soundtracks and some theme songs as reference. And, uh, and then Luke went off and, you know, he heard, uh, he would create the demos and, uh, and then I would give my notes and, and then he would go from there. Um, and it was a really fun, really collaborative process. Uh, we were really excited about the final soundtrack and uh, we decided to release it on, on some music streaming uh, services, you know, the obvious ones, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music. Um, you know, as I'm sure you know, there's a long history of film and even video game soundtracks being released. Uh, so releasing the Detective X soundtrack really felt like a natural extension of that. Uh, however, to my knowledge, I believe this this is a first for voice gaming. I was gonna gonna ask you like I don't I don't I haven't heard of that. I don't think I've any I've, I'm aware of anybody else that has done that. That's really interesting. Do you see that as a potential way of bringing more people to play the game? Are they discovering? I guess my question is: Are they discovering the soundtrack more? Are they discovering the game more? Where which which way is it going? For sure. So so far, it would be the game. Um, but I think it's a really neat little tie-in in, in something kind of original that, that helps to get some press and things of that nature. And um, yeah, it just kind of creates a, a, a larger universe for, for the IP of Detective X. And, uh, you know, it was also a bit of a way to, to show off Luke's skills and, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, maybe get him some more opportunities as well. Wonderful. So this Detective X, this was done by you and Luke. Did you have anybody else helping you or is this all your, all your development? No, it was, it was mostly myself and then, and then Luke on the, uh, the, the music side of things and he helped out with some of the sound effects as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, um, when, when did it go live and what's the feedback been like since you've, since you've launched this? Yeah. So, um, uh, Detective X officially launched at the end of May uh, on both Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. Um, coincidentally, the Amazon Alexa team was hosting a gaming week on their Twitch channel at the same time. Uh, so my first order of business was pestering them to play Detective X. Um, and that initially seemed like a great idea until I realized that uh, they were going to be doing that as a live stream. And it was incredibly nerve wracking and virtually oh. anything could 
could happen. Um, so if there was any, you know, little mistakes in the game that I uh, had had uh, not taken care of, we were about to find out, uh, <laughs> you know, live. And, um, you know, luckily, though, uh, they had an absolute blast playing the game and uh, provided tons of positive feedback about both the production values and, and the gameplay. Um, you know, and not to mention getting a thumbs up from the actual Alexa team was, it was a huge confident boost for me and confirmed that, you know, maybe I actually have a clue about what I'm doing here. It's <laughs> uh, great. So, uh, so we're now at the start of June um, and between Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant, uh, Detective X has already been played thousands of times. Wow. Um, I've gotten press from a, a variety of media sources and uh, that's all been very positive. Um, and uh, a number of people have reached out to me for other opportunities. So uh, Detective X has really been a launch pad for myself uh, within the voice tech industry. That's, that's amazing. Wonderful. Congratulations on that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And maybe that's a good place to kind of wrap up here. Like what, what do you want to do going forward here? So is this, what, what is, is this the beginning of, of, you know, a larger kind of foray into this industry or what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, I, um, I will be interested in talking to other people about their own ideas. Um, but, you know, I'm also not cold calling or anything of that nature. So I'm going to continue working on um, my own projects and my own passions. Um, and, and we'll see where things go from there. Um, I definitely want to continue expanding on the Detective X universe. Um, but I mean, you know, voice tech is just changing on, on a daily basis. And, and there seems like there's always something new and exciting around the corners. So um, I'm a big fan of the Echo Show and I want to experiment more with visuals and APL. Uh, I think um, Novel Effects Interactive's videos and uh, Wonder Words Curse Painting Game are, are some great examples of the potential for that. Um, I think as consumers start using Alexa and Assistant more re regularly through their televisions, um, that could really start to take off. And um, even within the Detective X world, I'm thinking about the addition of visuals. Um, you know, so aside from that, uh, I also think there's a ton of potential for direct-to-consumer unboxing and the variety of interactions that could be incorporated into those experiences. Uh, I love what you're doing with Crack the Code and um, uh, the folks behind Number Spies, and I think those are great uh, examples of potential to gamify flash briefings. Um, so yeah, my, my head's in a million di directions, but uh, very excited about all of it, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Amazing. That's great. Uh, you got a, you got a lot of uh, opportunities in front of you, I'm sure, and it's, it's really good. So I'm not surprised to hear that people are reaching out to you and stuff. So that's that's just it's, yeah, it's just a really good quality game, and from a Canadian, so I love it. So amazing. Where can people go to uh, get in touch with you or learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So um, if you want to uh, learn more about Detective X or or the other games that I have uh, released through my startup Budgie, uh, you can go to uh, budgievoice.com. I'm also uh, active on all of the regular social media channels. Uh, so you can go to at Budgie Voice for all of those. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Clint, for, uh, for joining me. Thank you for joining our listeners. Uh, thanks for telling us about this great skill. And like I said a number of times, good luck to you. It's a, it's a great skill, and I encourage all the listeners to check it out. Thanks so much, Terry. I'm a huge fan of you and your podcast, and it's been a thrill to be on here. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that uh, podcast with Clint. Uh, obviously, you can hear I'm a big fan of him and of his skill. Definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out already. Detective X, and uh, uh, you won't be disappointed. So thank you for uh, tuning in here and learning a little bit about that. And of course, the show notes page at A-L-E-X-A in Canada.ca slash 130 will have links to things that Clint was speaking about. All right. 
Now let's get to the big announcement with regards to The Voice Den. Uh, as you know, as I mentioned, this is an opportunity to have a chat with the voice fluencers. This is different than other online events. What it does is it brings you into the center of the conversation. So literally, I invite people that are attending it, that are the uh, that are the, the the participants. They get to be invited live on screen with the voice fluencers and can have a chat with these people, these people that have tremendous experience in the voice industry. And just to give you a little uh, heads up of who's going to be on this next e- this next episode, it's a uh, Rachel, uh, Rachel Badish, uh, otherwise known as the Bot Woman uh, from uh, from Audio Burst. JP Poulter, uh, otherwise known as the Godfather of Voice uh, from Vixen Labs. Uh, Noelle Silver, the founder of the AI Leadership Institute, otherwise known as Captain Kindness. That's such a great, great name for her because that epitomizes who she is. Um, Ian Utility, friend of mine and incredible guy, very, very knowledgeable, visionary with Attention Live. Ariane Walker with Amazon. Uh, she is the chief evangelist of Alexa Automotive, otherwise known as the driver. I forgot to mention Ian is the optimist and that I'm hosting the thing. So you get a chance to chat with these people. Here is the big, big news. I am so excited, so thankful, so humbled, so grateful to announce that Amazon Alexa is the sponsor of The Voice Den. So The Voice Den uh, session two is now The Voice Den with Terry Fisher presented by Amazon Alexa. So thank you very much to the whole Amazon Alexa team for uh, trusting me to uh, to put this on and to do my part in bringing the community together. I am so, so excited about this. And so for more details, I encourage you to go and check out thevoiceden.com and I hope that you will join us there. My goal is to really, really make this session uh, very exciting and very welcoming to all of the new people that may not have joined a voice event before, or if you have, maybe you haven't spoken up as much. I really want to bring this uh, to all of you, Northern Voice, and so please check it out, and I hope that you will join us, thevoiceden.com. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to Clint for spending some of his time here, and again, the show notes, alexaincanada.ca. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.